Action Park Media. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome. Sit back, relax. The only place you need to be for the next 45 minutes is right here with us on the Brilliantly Dumb Show. We got Scooty Wilson behind the glass on the ones and twos. No more Narod Michelle. She has moved on to greener pastures. We will miss her dearly, but we got Scooty Wilson behind the glass on the ones and twos. And uh, Scooty, this is definitely something I probably asked, should have asked prior to us recording, do I have chocolate on my lip? You know you don't, but it, it's a bold play to grab the chocolate bar as you as you go into the recording booth here. We had I had all day to eat this kind bar, and I had my eyes on it the entire day. Yeah, I do it what ten minutes before we start recording. I mean, we were we were having our first staff meeting ever. That's a great time to break out perfect the chocolate ti- bar. Perfect time to have the chocolate. And bar. Y- you wait till the last second here, but hey, prior to the staff meeting, after the staff meeting, no, hey. I, I, ten minutes before. Mm-hmm. Any so, anytime's good, except for right now. But hey, I know. And here we are. As long as I got no chocolate on my lip, I think we're good to go here. Very special guest. Coming in here today, Jeremy Piven, of course, we all know, played Ari Gold in Entourage. We've had the Entourage guys on, Kevin Connolly, my boss here at Action Park Media. I think this will really complete it all. And um, just an awesome, awesome interview. We broke him in, I'd say 10, 15 minutes into the interview that you guys are going to hear. I let him know that I was a fellow Jew and, and the floodgates. I asked him for a bagel recommendation. The floodgates just opened right on up. From here, uh, what, what what I wanted to touch on real quick before we go to Jeremy, I think the whole saga with the Supercuts haircuts, I couldn't get a good haircut over at Supercuts. You guys who follow the Instagram have seen what's been going on. Every time I walked down of there, I looked like a fucking Lego. And, and, and the laziness of me of just wanting that same day haircut kept me to Supercuts. I went to a new urban joint in Los Angeles And I got to tell you, this place was spectacular. I walked in. It looked like a scene out of Barbershop, too. And I put it on my Instagram. The guy cutting my hair looked like Cedric the Entertainer. And they were calling him Big D. His name was DeAndre. And Big D is a nickname of a guy that you want cutting your hair. No question about it. I went in and they said, sir, we got a couple open seats here for you. We got a couple open barbers. I say, no. I'm going to wait for that guy. I want to take Big D for a spin, see what Big D's all about. Because Big D looked like he could cut a head of hair, and he could. This guy was spectacular, and it was just a total different experience. Every time I walk into Supercuts, I either get the guy that's bald or the guy that's wearing a wig. It's like going to the dentist, and the dentist has no teeth. It just doesn't add up. And this barbershop, I mean, the banter that goes on in in these inner city barbershops is truly spectacular. I was the only white guy in there, and we were having a ball. I was kind of like the three-point specialist of an NBA team. Didn't necessarily look the part, but I belonged. And we had a blast. They gave me Hennessy to drink, didn't even have the choice It was 12 o'clock in the afternoon. Big D hands me a thing of Hennessy. By the time the haircut was over, I was so banged up to where he said, Bob, how do you want your hair parted? I said, Big D, at this point, whichever way the wind is blowing, I don't really give a fuck. And the problem is 
I, I wanted to stay in there so long. I didn't want the haircut to end. But as you could probably see, Scooty, there's not a whole lot of hair to cut. So it was a quick, quick haircut. But just an incredible, incredible experience. And, and, and I'm, I'm happy to say that I think I found my new barber. I, I really do. You know, the thing, too, when you go to Supercuts is... It's about 30 minutes of just icebreakers, and the barber's trying to get to know you. They don't really give a fuck about you. And then about halfway in, they always ask you what product you use at home, mm-hmm. which I find to be kind of a personal question to me, Scotty. See, here, here's my thing with supercuts. I hate the small talk, so I will avoid a haircut. If you're watching the video, I have long hair. I like my hair short, but I'm not going to supercuts because I can't do the small talk. You know, it's funny you say that because I think you should approach the haircut the same way you do an Uber. When you go into the Uber, you know right out of the gate if you want to talk or if you just don't want to say anything. Uber's the same thing. You say your hellos. If you want to talk, sometimes I want to talk. I start rambling on. Where's he from? Or you go in the backseat. You don't say anything. Yep. And that it, was the beauty of Big D. It's that initial hello, what's up, and you can really gauge the whole entire experience off that one For, response. Oh, no question. He's gauging what type of ride it's going to be. You're gauging what type of ride it's going to be. Same thing with the haircut. And what they always try and do is push their products that you know they're making commission on during the haircut mm-hmm. and tell you how much it could help your hair. Big D DeAndre was not in for that game. Did did he even give you the option of how you want to cut your hair? Or he was like, we're going ones it, on the side and that's it. Scooty, I swear to you, I sat down and he just started clipping. Gets to cutting. Get, just starts cutting. And I wonder... If all the other guys are like that, too, you see people getting all these different cuts. I wonder if they said any, because I shit you not, Scooty. I sat down. He was going to tell me what I was going to have that day. And to be quite frank, with my track record, I was ready for DeAndre to take the wheel. Big D knows best. Big D knows best. He was absolutely spectacular. Just the banter in this shop. I, I mean, it is such an experience to where you could see why you could go into these barbershops and spend an hour or two in there. I mean, I was having a ball. The best part of the whole haircut was at the end, you know, I wanted Big D to be my guy. Uh I wanted DeAndre moving forward. So usually you ask for a card. Um, I did ask for the card. He had the card. And then when we went to settle up up front, I said, is there any type of rewards program or something that I could get there was none, but he said, you know, let me get your email. So I gave him my email. Usually Supercuts, I made the mistake of giving them my email. Then you get two emails flooding a day, you. just flooding spam. Big D did not spam me. Fifteen minutes later, in the subject field of the email, Big D says, yo, it's DeAndre. Hit me up anytime you need me. No message in, in the rest of the body of the email where you're supposed uh-uh. to write. Just the subject. Yo, it's DeAndre. Let me know next time you need me. I hit him right back in the subject and said, oh, I'll be back, DeAndre. Go ask text. I love it. Straight to the point. What, what do you need the whole message for? Straight to the point. In the subject field, his son plays for San Diego State. I have put San Diego State in at least the final four of all my brackets with March Madness coming Genius. up. All because of Big D. Mm-hmm. So I will be the biggest San Diego Aztecs guy moving forward. We found our haircut place. We found Scooty Wilson behind the glass on the ones and twos. We are rolling here. 
on the Brilliantly Dumb Show, ladies and gentlemen. But without further ado, let's cut the banter. Let's head on over to our special guest. This was a big one for me, Jeremy Piven from One Jew to Another. Let's give it up for the big man himself, ladies and gentlemen. Mr. Piven coming in hot. Jeremy, how are we doing this morning? We're doing great, man. Thank you. I got to tell you, Jeremy, good to see you. Good to have you. We're here from Action Park Media, your former colleague with Kevin Connolly on Entourage. And I got to tell you, Jeremy, you would think you come on the Victory Podcast with these guys and just continue to skyrocket those (laughs) numbers. You come on our podcast. Wearing a tie, no less. There he is. Of course, he's wearing a tie. You come on my podcast here, which is nothing but good for me. At what point does Connolly say, I'm going to give Piven some equity here in Action Park Media? Uh, On the 12th of never, uh, (laughs) I believe that I'll be getting some equity from Kevin. Kevin is a businessman, first and foremost. Well, I think he's got the tie on for you. I mean, that's not a daily thing. I think he knew Jeremy was coming in. He threw that tie on. He did, and it's it's much appreciated. He's killing the game. I think he's definitely, out of everyone on the Entourage cast, he's the one who is is the most evolved with his business sense. Yes. You know, the rep. That's true, to where he kind of yeah. stuck to it. Whereas somebody like, you know, Jerry Ferrara, Turtle, he goes and sheds 50 pounds, doesn't smoke weed, family guy. Now, at least Connolly's sticking to it. Yeah, Connolly's going to be, he's, he's, he's one of these guys who, you know, will continue to evolve in the, in the business lane until he's running things <laughs> right. uh, on a very big level. And he's smart to get in, you know, with Action Park, with the podcast and everything. And, yeah, I just uh, go in and, and try to give uh, the Victory Podcast as much free content as possible. <laughs> well, Jeremy, that's why I'm here. I'm fighting for you. I mean, get, give this guy a little bit of equity or something. That would be lovely. But instead, what I think I'll get is is a doormat with my name on it, <laughs> where it just says Jeremy Piven which is an actual, you know, physical representation of being a doormat. Well, well, feel free to stomp right through at any time as you please, Jeremy. Another thing Connolly's probably not happy with is, yeah. you know, in really going into to the history of Jeremy Piven, it, it's amazing to me. Yeah, we remember, of course, the Ari Gold and all that. Since about 1986, the TV shows and movies – that you have been on. I made the mistake of printing out your IMDb page. Yeah. There's no more ink left in that printer. It's fascinating to me, Jeremy, just how many hits that you have been in throughout your time. You start acting at eight. It's been nonstop since. Yeah, it's been, yeah, I am, you know, it's, it's almost like I was making up a lot of those uh, credits and, and yet I wasn't. It's unbelievable. Um, yeah, it, it, I, I've been very lucky. I, you know, for good or ill, been getting after it my whole life. And watch this transition. It's very much like my character Mick in Last Call, Bottom. the movie that comes out Friday the 19th on in theaters, video on demand, and IFC. Don't worry, you. brother. I got you. That, I, I got this. That is a seasoned vet right there, ladies and gentlemen. I'll reiterate yeah. that. Last call yeah. in theaters on digital and demand. That is March 19th. Very well done. Seasoned vet move out of you. Let me ask you this, Jeremy. Okay. Yeah. 
all the again all, all these movies that uh, again I think a younger generation not may not remember it is you got the smoking aces very bad things PCU old school you're acting you're on the stage on set with all of these big time names Ryan Reynolds Ray Liotta Ben Affleck Will Ferrell Vince Vaughn let me ask you this you go on to set with these guys is it a different atmosphere with that much star power, do you prepare any different, or does it feel different on set? Um, I well, I, I like, I think it's really about getting the reps in, and you know, when people ask me like, what, what is your advice for like a young actor? I would say just do anything that you can, even if it's a short film, whatever. Get in front of the camera, log the hours, and now you know you're filming everything yourself and whatnot so you're really getting the chance so i remember when i was very young i got i got i got a job you know opposite robert de niro and heat and so that was the first one of the first times i was so incredibly intimidated and it's probably felt like you know any player in the nba when they finally had to post up against michael jordan it's like okay this is, you know, this is what you've been waiting for. How are you going to handle the moment? And you just are as prepared as possible. And then some, and, you know, um, I started improvising with De Niro and that was amazing because when you improvise with De Niro, no matter what his response is, he just goes, <laughs> fuck you. And like, like, you know, I always would take these tiny roles and just, you know, make a meal out of them. So I'm always ready with like, you know, just to improvise, whatever, if they know he'll cut. And so my character had very little to say, you know? Um, so he's just, you know, uh, this scene's supposed to end where I'm playing this doctor and he, De Niro says, give me your shirt, it's over. But they don't yell cut. So I go, uh, I, 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 I can't, give you, can't give you the shirt. I'm sorry, my, my, daughter, my daughter gave it to me. And he's like, and that was improvised. He looks at me and he goes, fuck you. <laughs> and I go, no, no, I, I, I'm saying I, I, I would absolutely give it to you. Fuck you, <laughs> fuck you, and like, you know, like, I, it was incredible just to have Robert De Niro just say "fuck you" in your face. It was like the most surreal experience. It's like exactly what you want from Robert De Niro. Is you know, and, and again, this is something that you had been doing for for so long, and you had mentioned you started acting when you were eight. But was there, was it that De Niro moment? Was it working with somebody on set? Was it a show, a movie? Where yet, did you have that I made it moment? Something that just really shook you a bit? Um, I mean, for good or ill, uh, I've never felt like oh, I made it. Um, because I, you, you, I, I stay very hungry and um, I don't get complacent. Um, and I just want to continue to get better. And, and I have been because I'm now doing stand up and all these other things, which then when you go back to acting, now I have this kind of sharpened skill toolbox where like I can now improvise on another level um, because of the improv, because of the, the, the stand up and whatnot. So I just, you know, I'm, I'm continuously trying to get better at what I do. So I've never had those moments, but I guess I'm trying to think of ways to answer your your question. You know, like um, improvising with, with guys like Will Ferrell or Vince Vaughn, you know, will make you feel like, okay, 
I get, I'm working with the best, you know, guys like Will Ferrell, you can't break. Like he's one of these guys because of SNL. I mean, I came up in at second city, which is an improv troupe out of Chicago. And he came up at the groundlings in LA and there it's a similar style. And he's obviously a genius and can't be broken. And I don't, I know Vince is from Chicago, but he's just, I don't know. He's just a beast. I don't know where, where he comes from. He's just an animal. Uh, he's amazing. Um, yeah, there's there's so many different moments, um, and you just got to be prepared for all those moments. Um, and I guess, uh, you know, like for the De Niro movie, I literally waited hours and hours just in the waiting room to audition, you know, and I just saw other actors crack. One actor cracked, I can't say his name. So but you're he watching snapped. them as they, you're watching them as they go up. Um, or don't go up. In this case, we were just sitting there waiting for Michael Mann to to audition us. And at a certain point, you go crazy. But I just knew if I stayed there and stayed in the pocket, I might get a chance to work with Robert De Niro. And it, and it came to fruition. But one actor cracked in front of me and, and grabbed a hold of the casting assistant, you know, and just was demanding that, you know, he be get let in. Run. He's got to go, you know. Because, like, you could actually do a time-lapse photography. How long does it take to, to crack an actor? And I would say, you know, like 30, 45 minutes, they start going an hour of just sitting there. So hour it. 15, people start snapping. But I guess just because I just knew if I could hold it together, then I get to work with the go. Jeremy, here here's something that, that fascinates me. I heard you talk about it, and... I can't wrap my head around it. In 1993, okay, you go on to Seinfeld and play George Costanza with George Costanza sitting right in front of you. And that yeah. time you said, even with how big Seinfeld was, you had you walk in there to go play George Costanza, you had no idea what Seinfeld was or how big it was. I'd never seen the show. Because I was, well, I was doing the Larry Sanders show and I was a kid um, and it was my first job out of college. Um, and I still had that kind of, you know, broke Chicago theater mentality where I was living in like someone's pool house, even though I was a series regular on Larry Sanders show. So I didn't have a TV, so I'd never seen Seinfeld, but I'd run into Jason Alexander in the parking lot. And there, and the guy said, do you want to audition for the show? And I said, I'd love to, but I'm a series regular on this show. You never, as a series regular, do another show. But, uh, I, you know, as an actor, I'm just like, I'll do any show. And I didn't really know. I knew that it was a huge show. I just hadn't seen it. So I talked to Jason Alexander a few times in the parking lot. So I knew he's a great, got a great vibe and very funny. So I went and auditioned for this George Costanza character and I'm going to play the character that that Jason plays. So I did my my impression of Jason Alexander because I'd never seen the show. But Which, I'm auditioning and to play. And you said that that actually kind of helped you, that it was almost better that you had not seen the show. Not for the audition purpose. It was better I didn't hadn't seen the show for when I was on set because I wasn't – had I seen the show, I mean, this is brilliant. Right. And Larry David's a genius and, and they are the Beatles. I would have probably been a lot more intimidated. I had no reference for them. 
Imagine being on Seinfeld and having no reference for those guys. It's insane. So you know, ignorance was bliss, and um, and they were all great and really kind. And I think because I wasn't kissing the ring and blown away by them, I think that was you know good for everyone involved. Now, here's another thing that I like about you here, Jeremy. I'm just going to keep the ball rolling here. I, I I love, to me, this friendship with you and Mike Tyson. You guys are going on the Hot Boxing Podcast with Mike Tyson. To me, Tyson is, is such a larger-than-life character. Do, it's such a larger-than-life guy. Do you, when you're with him, do you still have the holy shit I'm with Mike Tyson, or are you so close with him by now that you're kind of past that? Well, I, I wouldn't say I'm past it, but I'm very comfortable with him because he is, he, he's, there, he's the kind, he, he's, he's everything you'd hoped and more in the way that he's really faced himself, he's faced all of his demons, he's licked the toad, He's, he, you know, which is basically, and from what I haven't licked the toad, and that's not code for something sexual with Mike Tyson, by the way. Uh, I know people are like, "Wait, you, you licked Mike Tyson's toad?" No, let me let me uh, let me clarify here for a moment. Um, it's apparently more powerful than DMT. It lasts, you know, for 15 minutes, and you go very deep and you face yourself. And Mike's done that, and he takes mushrooms every day, and he takes handfuls of mushrooms while we're doing the podcast, and so you know. He's he's a very introspective guy, and he's a very humble guy. At the same time, he's Mike Tyson, and he's very aware of who he is. But he's still very humble. But do you worry about do you worry about Mike Tyson having a bad trip at all? Do you worry at all of him just going off the rails, taking too many shrooms, whatever it may be? And do you prefer Mike Tyson sober? Or do you like Mike Tyson on shrooms? I like him sober. I like him on shrooms. I like him when he's sleeping. I like him in every state that he could possibly be in. Right, which is a whole I really lot. Do. I really do. Because you can't, you, you, no one loses. Um, but I think to be honest with you, because I've been co-hosting with him and I've had a, just a blast. And we, uh, who knows? It was an amazing time. We did about six episodes, interviewed everyone from Bill Burr to like Tiafimo Lopez, who's a pound for pound best fighter in the game, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, I think to be honest with you, the, the guests are more afraid that Mike will be, you know, t has taken too many mushrooms. I'm one of and them. Take, and, and maybe, you know, bite an ear off. They right. don't know. You're don't know ear what's off, happen. too. And I care about you, Jeremy. I don't want to see something like that happen to you. Uh, listen, I'm a cagey veteran. <laughs> uh, I, you know, I was a, you know, uh, I was a high school athlete. I have great lateral movement. Uh, Mike and I are roughly the same age, and we're both in, in denial of our age, you know, and we're kind of ageless in our own minds. Right. Well, yeah, I don't know if that's the shrooms talking or whatnot, but I mean, whatever helps, whatever gets you there. Um, again, folks, I want to remind you, again, last call in theaters on digital and on demand March 19th. Jeremy, while I got you here, I, I got to ask you, I got to talk entourage I've had, you know, Connolly, Doug Allen, all of them on the show, um, and, and it's been a blast, you know, just kind of hearing from them. Something that I asked them that I wanted to ask you, I almost feel like with Entourage, it's almost got that Sopranos feel to where you just, you never know if it's going to end. You have new generations watching it. it. It just always seems to be relevant do you ever think that Entourage will ever die? I mean, do you ever see a day where people 
will just stop? Because I certainly don't. You know, it's a great question. Um, you know, I, and, and I have no perspective on it because I was obviously, you know, very much immersed in it. Um, I think there th- that we tapped into something that's very authentic in terms of friendship, loyalty, and, and, and then business and how you navigate that business. Um, you know, all the guys have the Peter Pan syndrome. It's hard to grow up. I think we all have that. I think as actors, you know, you got to embrace that and watch this transition yet again. It's the same thing with the last call guys. Season um, man, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> the guys, you know, they're all from Darby Heights and they're Philly guys and they don't want to grow up. And my character, Mick, is like, he got out and he's evolved and he's doing his thing. He's a little bit of a slave to his ambition. He has to go home because his mom died and she she basically passes down the pub to him. And he doesn't want to hang out with these guys. He feels like they're not headed anywhere. And he desperately doesn't want to end up like that. So he's striving to be the best version of himself. Little does he know that, you know, that that his family and, and the friends and those relationships are really what it's all about. So this last call you're asking about, you know, this is something that's coming out on the 19th, also on IFC. This guy so knows happening. his way around the promo, Mr. Jeremy Piven, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, man. It's it's something that, you know, speaking of, you know, St. Patrick's Day, and it's about a pub culture, small businesses, um, friendship, neighborhoods, um, come to terms with who you are, and yet it's funny and raunchy. So it's kind of like for those people who are missing Entourage, I think this is a perfect outlet for them. Let me ask you this, Jeremy. You you you've said that uh, when you play in Ari Gold is one of my favorite characters of all time, and I think I speak for a lot of people on this. What what is amazing to me is that you had said oh. that none of that, none of your lines, none of your scenes is of Ari Gold was ever improvised. That is word for word what Doug Allen wrote. How how long do you and how well do you have to know your lines in in order to pull off what you pulled off as Ari Gold? I mean, you got to know that like the back of your hand, no? You, you, not only like the back of your hand, you have to know it like the inside of your hand, like like you know what I mean. Like it has to like you have to just be unshakable. Um, and, and yeah, I mean, this will sound totally pretentious but i don't care like you you have to own your lines so that you can be totally present for whatever happens in the scene so that you're not reaching at all and you can be in that state of play as the character and yet making it feel totally improvisational and that's you know when i was doing the victory podcast the other day i revealed i said you know unfortunately i didn't have as much fun as as conley and kevin Dillon and jerry and the boys and Doug was like, why? And I said, you know, I, I had a lot more dialogue. My character was more effusive. So I had to really own that dialogue and stay in the pocket. So I couldn't really, for me, I don't have a photographic memory. So I had to stay kind of focused on that. And I'm not saying uh, I don't regret any of it. I just, I have a little process and I wasn't maybe as accessible as those guys were, you know, in terms of on the day being able to joke around and stuff like that because I was kind of having to be locked in. Right. So, you know, you, you make those decisions, you know, do you, and, and so I, you know, I made the right one. I I'm, I'm proud of the work and, 
Um, and now we get to go and have fun and it's a blast to go and kick it around with those guys. Um, you know, and, and they're, and they're having a great time. And listen, victory has become number one in a lot of different markets. And it's a testament to the reach of entourage that people are still wanting to hear more and to connect with these guys. Jeremy, call me crazy, and I'm sorry to interrupt here, but something tells me uh, there's a movie coming out, Last Call, March 19th, 2021, in theaters, on digital, and on demand. Am I wrong about that, Jeremy? You are 1,000% right. You are uh, as right as, as uh, you are as open as Texas right now. Texas is fully open. I tell you, um, Jeremy, you know, we're, we're 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 catching a little cadence here on this whole last call. We're catching a little cadence right here. Yes, no, last call is, and and I, I don't know if you've seen it or you see the trailer, but I think it's like it, it'll be good for all those entourage fans or anyone that's a fan of comedy, because it's it's a it's a truthful comedy about neighborhood life in Philly. You know, the guy that gets out and and and. Uh, and feels like he, you know, like in, in uh, It's a Wonderful Life, like he, he made it. He's living the dream. And he didn't realize that, like, the dream is really to kind of be among. Oh, I don't want to get ahead of myself. The movie is is not PC at all. It's, you know, it's true to who these guys are, like Entourage was. And, it, and you know, the, the language is raunchy and sometimes offensive. And listen, you know, Bruce Dern, who's my one of my heroes, he's in the movie and he improvises. Talk about an improviser, he will, you gotta be on your toes with this guy. And if you think Ari Gold, you know, has a foul mouth, you gotta hear Bruce Stern in this movie. It's on another level. Bruce Bruce Stern has a tough act to follow with Ari Gold, but I don't ever doubt you, Jeremy. I will never doubt you. Back to Ari Gold for a second here. Yeah. When you do some of these scenes, okay, and you get all animated, you go nuts, are there some scenes where you walk out of and you think to yourself, like, I just fucking crushed that compared to somebody. There's got to be some good scenes with how animated Doug lets you go. Where there's some where you just walk off of it and be like, all right, that felt good. And then you're kind of on cloud nine because you know you just dominated. Well, I don't ever want to walk away and not feel that I left it all out there. So, um, you know, Doug knows this that I'm always asking for another take because I don't want to walk away and feel like, I wish I would have tried that. So, you know, um, if, if I've ever been a problem on set, that's where I'm a problem in the way that I want to keep going until we feel like we've exhausted every option for the scene. So it, it, it's ultimately exhausting, but I can walk away knowing that I, you know, I've given everything that I have, and that's that's always the way I work, and you know I don't know any other way. Jeremy, three Emmy awards and a Golden Globe. My my question to you that I always wonder: you walk onto the stage, you accept these awards. Do you have to carry the award with you throughout the night? Do you take it to the Do you take it to the after party? Do you take it with you throughout your night, or is there somebody you give the award to that holds on to it? For do you have a carrier with you just in case you win? No, I I take it to Whole Foods with me every day. I have it. <laughs> I have it mounted. I right now I have it mounted on my on my seventy three Bronco. Uh, I do have eleven assistants. 
And, um, you know, I make them, them hold various awards at all times. Uh, you know, I won the Fresh Face of the Year Award at 37 years old. There's nothing fresh about my face, but I carry my awards with me. I just want to be, you know, celebrated. It's a constant victory lap, speaking of victory. <laughs> I like it. I like it. I like it. Very, very well done, Jeremy. Last thing that I got for you. Um, just yeah. recently moved down to Los Angeles from one Jew to another. Have you found your bagel spot? Have you found a good thing of locks? Where do I hit? Uh, well, you know, there's this big rumor going around that that L.A. has better bagels than New York. I think and, that's you know, ridiculous. I... <laughs> do you agree with it? You know, you know, I first of all, I just can't wait for New York to be back. I love that. I love that anyone's counting New York out. Are you kidding me? Yeah, come on. Let's not be ridiculous, right? I'm with yeah, you. It, it's insanity. Um, you know, it, I think everyone is entitled to feel that they make the best bagel. They make the best anything. But Jeremy, you know, you know where the best bagel is, and if you think it's L.A., you think it's L.A. Well, I actually grew up in Chicago, so I think it's Chicago. So that's a whole <laughs> other thing, you know, because we've got deep dish pizza. We're, we we go deep, you know. We go deep. We go deep, you know, with our with our dough and our crust and our friendship. Let's make some T-shirts. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for a couple clips right there, Jeremy. I appreciate that. And and before we let you go again, Jeremy, I might be crazy, maybe so. Last call in theaters on digital and demand, and that would be March nineteenth. No. And and on the IFC channel. And the on the IFC. I love it. I love Jeremy, you're doing a lot of these. You do all these press junkets. You, I mean I mean you're no stranger to the game. Did I change it up for you a little bit? Did you have some fun here today? Is the, the guy that comes after you, does he have a tough act to follow? Well, I think what's interesting about you is you need to be celebrated in real time while we're actually doing the interview. So I will say that's different. <laughs> that's very different. You know, usually, you know, it would come organically from me as if I, you know, when I'm done and I go, hey, man, that was really different. Thank you for mixing it up. Great questions. But the fact that you're so needy and that you make it about yourself is really different and and, and unique. Um, and, you know, you're a needy Jewish guy that just came from New York. Wow. You don't have any of those, said no one ever. Jeremy, I appreciate it. I know you were Jewish just from the start time you gave us of 9.35 instead of 9.30, which I appreciate. What went on from the time of 9.30 a.m. to 9.35 a.m. that gave us that start time? Well, Jews are obsessed with shortcuts, and yet we're still late for some reason. I took Fairfax and then forget about it. I was over there by Kansas, and then no one knows. But I'll tell you what the best way— Look, what are we talking about? We're here. Why are we still talking about shortcuts? Have you ever tried to like Zoom with Jews? I can't see anything. Where's the mute button? I'm in the dark. Where's Uncle Herman? Uncle Herman is no longer with us. Jeremy, a lot of that. Jeremy, I got to tell you, phenomenal stuff. As always, I never doubted you. Ladies and gentlemen, last call. I just want to show you one thing on my wall. Because I know Kevin Connolly is your boss. Let me see right? this. Right there's there's. So you do have it there. Look look at you right there. Look at you right there. Oh, right. Doug, Doug Allen's got it in every room of his house. Every time Doug Allen is on a Zoom call, 
There's an entourage poster. So look, there's another run right there. Bada bing, bada boom. Yeah. How many of those yeah. you got in your house? How many entourage posters do you think you got in your house, Jeremy? Look, there's a... Don't you... Do you ever wonder? I mean, I think you're one picture away to having too much of yourself in your house, Jeremy. <laughs> you're one away. You show me one more, we're going to have a problem. No, bro. You know what? This is... I'm... I. You're absolutely right. Thank you for calling me out. This is it. But you know what? Every room is a shrine to myself. Let's be honest. I walk around in a row and I just no. I'm just kidding. Um, this is I am trying to create a podcast room because, I, you know, I want Kevin Connolly to have all the money, but I want us to have just a little bit, just a tiny corner, just just a little something for us. Right. So I've, I'm, I'm releasing How You Live in J. Piven my new podcast love it yeah and this is my podcast room that i'm trying to figure out what it is so i it's it's in transition right now it will not be thousands of pictures of myself well i'll tell you jeremy if we could get you here at action park media i i you get tyson in here too i'll have all the shrooms that he could possibly need just sitting there waiting for you jeremy before we let you go okay our co-host right here he's a blue collar guy by the name of gerard Gilfone has one question here for you, for Jerry. Jerry, he's coming from some underground railroad or, or street, wherever he is. Jersey Jerry, you got one question here for Jeremy Piven. Yeah. Let it rip, big fella. Oh, is he Is he live? Is he ready? He's ready for you, ready. right? He's ready for you. Okay, listen, um, Jeremy, I know you don't know me. This might come out of left field here, okay? Okay, ready. Fuck one, marry one, kill one. You ready? Britney Spears, Jamie Lee Curtis, Queen Elizabeth. Okay. Well, first of all, let me say that it it sounds like you have Tourette's, <laughs> and that and this is one man talking, and it looks like you are an uh, an out of work crossing guard that somehow it, you know lives lives possibly. In Alaska. Stick it well, back to know. him, Jerry Don. Stick it back no, to not, him. I let him live, Bob. I just want to know because I'm curious, you know? Yeah. No, no. Well, listen, we're, we're all curious about a lot of things, brother. But I, I'm not going to reveal fuck one, kill one. You know what I mean? I, that's a slippery slope. But, you know, that's the kind of game you and I will play when we're drinking and we're hanging out on the 12th of Never. How about that, Jerry? Yeah. After work, Jeremy, you know, it's uh, whatever whatever you feel like, you know? Lady. Okay, buddy. Listen, um, I, wh where are you working? I work for a utility company in New Jersey. And he's also nice. the co-host here of the Brilliantly Dumb Show, so he really manages a whole... He's got a lot on his plate, Jeremy. Listen, Jerry, w once Connolly gives you a little cut of Action Park... You know, you can stop, you can quit your day job, you know, <laughs> which is, by the way, that's exactly what the queen told to Meghan Markle when Meghan's like, I want to be a full-time princess. And the queen was like, no, 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 don't quit your day job. <laughs> Literally, that, yeah. that happens. I agree. <laughs> and by the way, by the way, um, I don't remember a time when I wasn't doing your show. I feel like I've been doing this show since I got out of the womb. But but Jeremy, that means that's a very good thing. That that means that you're very comfortable and I don't know if it was me bringing up the whole Jewish thing from one Jew to another or what you know, it was Bob, I, I thought I 
thought I was going to like this guy. I really don't like this guy, Bob. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Jeremy, we like the fact that you're comfortable here. It's If you've been, you feel like you've been doing it a long time, I mean, Jeremy, we'd love to have you back. Listen, I would love to be back. There, you know, if I could do your show every week and do a few victory podcasts, what's going to happen is I will just be giving you guys tons of free content and I'll be broke by 2026. <laughs> All right. Well, well, Jeremy, keep, keep it rolling in. We're going to keep throwing our shot at you. Thank you, buddy. I appreciate it. And don't forget about last call. Don't Drops. forget about last call, March 19th. That's Gerard Gilfone coming from his utility truck. Jeremy Piven coming from his house with 15 different portraits of Jeremy Piven at the Piven <laughs> residence. Ladies and gentlemen, the Burnley Dumb Show. Jeremy, I appreciate you, brother. Thank you, buddy. Take care. Take care. Action Park Media.